Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. We dive into stories of true crime, from unsolved cold cases to historic kidnapping to gangsters and beyond. We are your source for true crime. We thank you for listening. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. I'm your host, Larry Lace. To stay up to date with all of our content, check out our Twitter account, True Crime NS, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button and bell notification button to be notified of future videos. This show is sponsored by Pondex. Check out Pondex.com and use the promo code Larry21 for 10% off your order. Today we're diving into the assassination of former Israeli Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin. So let's begin. The assassination of the Israeli Prime Minister and Defense Minister Yitzhak Rabin was the culmination of an anti-violence rally in support of the Oslo peace process. Rabin was disparaged personally by right-wing conservatives 
and leaders who perceived the Oslo peace process as an attempt to forfeit the occupied territories and a capitulation to Israel's enemies. National religious conservatives and party leaders believed that withdrawing from any Jewish land was heresy. The leader and future prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, accused Rabin's government of being, quote, removed from Jewish tradition and Jewish values. Right-wing rabbis associated with the settlers' movement prohibited territorial concessions to the Palestinians and forbade soldiers in the Israeli Defense Force from evacuating Jewish settlers under the accords. Some rabbis proclaimed, apologies for saying this wrong, Din Rodef based on a traditional Jewish law of self-defense against Rabin personally, arguing that the Oslo Accords would endanger Jewish lives. Rallies organized by the party and other right-wing groups featured depictions of Rabin in a Nazi SS uniform or in the crosshairs of a gun. Protesters compared the Labour Party to the Nazis and Rabin to Adolf Hitler and chanted, Rabin is a murderer and Rabin is a traitor. In July 1995, Netanyahu led a mock funeral procession featuring a coffin and hangman's noose at an anti-Rabin rally where protesters chanted, Death to Rabin, the chief of internal security. Apologize for butchering his name. Carmi Gillen alerted Netanyahu of a plot on Rabin's life and asked him to moderate the protest rhetoric, which Netanyahu declined to do so. Netanyahu denied any intention to incite violence. Rabin dismissed such protests or labeled them chutzpah. According to Chief of Internal Security, Rabin refused his request to wear a bulletproof vest and preferred not to use the armored car purchased for him. Left-wing supporters organized pro-peace rallies in support of the Oslo Accords. It was after one such gathering at Tel Aviv that the assassination took place. The assassin was Yigal Amir, a 25-year-old former Hezder student and far-right law student at the university. Amir had strenuously opposed Rabin's peace initiative, particularly the signing of the Oslo Accords, because he felt that an Israeli withdrawal from the West Bank would deny Jews their biblical heritage, which they had reclaimed by establishing settlements. Amir had come to believe that Rabin was a rotif, meaning a pursuer who endangered Jewish lives. The concept of Din Rodif, law of the pursuer, is a part of traditional Jewish law. Amir believed he would be justified under Din Rodif in removing Rabin as a threat to Jews and the territories. In the Israeli settlements, pamphlets debating the validity of applying Din Rodif and Din Moser, the law of the informer, to Rabin and the Oslo Accords were distributed at synagogues. Both carried a death sentence according to traditional law. There was disagreement among religious Zionists as to whether Amir ever secured authorization from a rabbi to carry out the assassination of Rabin. His father later said that in the months before the assassin, before the assassination, Amir repeatedly quoted said that the prime minister should be killed because a din rodif was issued against him. During his later trial, Amir stated, quote, I acted according to din rodif. It was not a personal act. I just wanted Rabin be removed from his position. For his radical activities, Amir had been brought under attention by the Israeli Internal Security Service, but the organization only had information on Amir's attempt on creating an anti-Arab militia. 
not on comments regarding assassinating Rabin. She openly stated to another number of people. Another incident describing Amir's comments to a fellow student about stating that Badu prior to an earlier aborted attempt on his life was ignored by the organization as non-credible. The source refused to name Amir by name, but instead described him as a short Yemeni guy with curly hair. After the rally, Rabin walked down the city hall steps towards his car. As he entered the car, Amir approached the car from the rear and fired two shots at Rabin with a Beretta 84F semi-automatic pistol. Rabin was hit in the abdomen and chest. Amir was immediately subdued by Rabin's bodyguards and police on the scene and fired a third shot at bodyguard Yoram Rabin during the struggle, lightly wounding him. Amir was arrested on the scene with the murder weapon. He was taken to a police station a few blocks away. Yoram Rubin attempted to get Rabin in the car, but Rabin's body was limp and heavy. Another of Rabin's bodyguards, Shai Glazer, helped put Rabin in the backseat of the car. The driver was ordered to proceed to the hospital at the Tel Aviv Saraski Medical Center. A short drive away, the body became disoriented by the hysteria of the shooting and the crowds that lined the streets, and as a result, lost his bearings. Rabin, who was bleeding heavily, was initially conscious and said that he thought he'd been hurt, but not too badly, before passing out. The driver drove frantically, trying to find the hospital, running red lights, and swerving to avoid pedestrians. When he spotted a police officer, Pinchas Tarim, he ordered him to get the vehicle and direct him to the hospital. Two minutes later, at 9.52 p.m., some 10 minutes after the shooting, the car arrived at the hospital. At this time, Rabin was not breathing and had no pulse. Doctors performed an initial examination, attached Rabin to an IV, and drained the air that had seeped into his right chest cavity with a tube inserted into his ribcage. After the air was drained from Rabin's chest, his pulse reappeared. He then underwent surgery. Meanwhile, cabinet members, military officers, security officials, family members of Rabin arrived at the hospital, as did Rabin's chief of staff. Uh, apologies again for butchering these guys' name, but... Uh, I can try my best. Eton Haber, after Israeli media reported the shooting, a crowd of spectators and journalists began to gather in front of the hospital. At one point, the doctors managed to briefly stabilize his vital signs, and after being informed, Habir told a high-ranking defense ministry official to begin preparations for setting up a makeshift office at the hospital with telephones and fax lines to enable Rabin to continue his work as prime minister while recuperating. However, his condition rap rapidly deteriorated again. After his heart stopped, the surgeon carried out a cardiac massage in a last-ditch attempt to save him. At 11.02 p.m., one hour and 20 minutes after the shooting, doctors gave up their effort to revive Rabin and pronounced him dead. At 11.15 p.m., Aiton Hubbard walked out of the hospital to face the television cameras outside and announced Yitzhak Rabin's death to the media. The government saying, quote, the government of Israel announces in consternation and great sadness and in deep sorrow the death of Prime Minister and Minister of Defense Yitzhak Rabin, who was murdered by an assassin tonight in Tel Aviv. The government shall convene in one hour for a morning session in Tel Aviv. Blessed be his memory. In Rabin's pocket was a bloodstained sheet of paper with the lyrics to the well-known Israeli song 
Song for Peace, which was sung at the rally and dwells on the impossibility of bringing a dead person back to life and therefore the need for peace. Shortly after Rabin's death, an emergency meeting of the Israeli cabinet was held during which Shimon Perez, then serving as foreign minister, was appointed acting prime minister. About three hours after Rabin's death, Dr. Hiss, the Israeli government's chief pathologist, arrived at the hospital to conduct an autopsy together with two assistants, including a photographer. The autopsy found that one bullet had entered Rabin's lower back, ruptured his spleen, and punctured his left lung, while the other pierced his back below the collarbone, smashed through his ribcage, and pierced his right lung. Hiss concluded that Rabin had died of massive blood loss and the collapse of both of his lungs, and that his chances of surviving the shooting had been extremely low. A brain scan found an embolism in one of Rabin's cerebral arteries, a large pocket of air that had entered his bloodstream in the lungs and traveled to the brain, restricting the flow of blood and oxygen. This blockage had hindered the resuscitation effort. Amir was interrogated by Chief Superintendent Naftali. He made a full confession, and after being told that Rabin had died, Amir expressed joy and asked to be brought schnapps to make a celebratory toast. Police officers and Shinbet agents subsequently raided the Amir family home, where they arrested Amir's brother, whom he had implicated as an accomplice during his interrogation. Rabin's assassination was a shock to the Israeli public. Rallies and memorials took place near Kings of Israel Square, later named Rabin Square in his honor, as well as near Rabin's home, the Nesed building and the home of the assassin. Many other streets and public buildings within Israel and internationally were named for Rabin as well. The assassination has been described as emblematic of a cultural struggle between religious right-wing and secular left-wing forces within Israel. The Middle East Institute described Rabin's assassination as reflecting a deep cultural divide within Israel's body politic intimately connected with the peace process, which illustrates both increased polarization and political conflict in the country. On March 28, 1996, the Shimgar Commission issued its final report on the assassination. It was critical of Shin Bet for putting the prime minister at risk and ignoring threats to his life from Jewish extremists. And that is all we have for this episode of the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. Let us know your thoughts on this uh, assassination in the comment section below. Give us a thumbs up if you like the video. And if you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNS. And as always, you can follow us on social media. They're all right up here as well as in, in, the, comment, in the description. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. And watching, of course. You have been listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast and on Twitter at True Crime NS. And follow us on Instagram at True Crime Never Sleeps. Thanks for watching. If you want to support the show, buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNN or become a patron at patreon.com slash True Crime Never Sleeps. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. 
Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.